Hello everyone and welcome to Synesthesia, a podcast about the creatives who shape the aesthetics of music. We chat to the artists behind the record sleeves, videos, photo shoots and stylings of the freshest new sounds, exploring how contemporary culture, fashion, illustration and design reflect and enhance the musical experience. Music has always been our passion and remains an integral part of our lives. That's why we decided to put together this podcast, which we called Synesthesia, because we perceive music not only with our ears, but also with our eyes. Synesthesia, the artist behind the artist. Hi everyone and welcome to the episode 14 of Synesthesia. I am Enrico, as usual, and my guest today is Gorab Takali, an illustrator and artist based in London. Gorab's illustrations have been featured by world-famous publications such as The New Yorker, The New York Times, as well as brands like Carhartt, Converse, Adidas and Skateboard Cafe. Gorab is also one of the most influential visual interpreters of South London's contemporary jazz scene, a thriving underground movement from which originated a sound that has left a mark in the international music landscape across the past six, seven years. UK jazz is the broader genre and Gorab's artworks are among its quintessential aesthetic manifestations. We are eager to learn more about them, but first let's check if he is tuned in. Hi Gorab, how are you doing? Hey Enrico, I'm good, thanks. Enjoying the sunshine today and that's about it really. All good. What about are you are you in Peckham? Uh, I'm in uh, Broccoli, you know, New Cross Gate. Yes, I mean, still in that southeast area of London. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I mean, Peckham really close from here. Yeah. So, how have you been these days? Busy, busy. Yeah, I mean, I've just been focusing on some few personal projects in the last uh, week because I've kind of wrapped up a few like commercial sort of projects. So since then, uh, I've just been trying to get my own things while I have some time. Do you tend to work over weekends as well, or are you gonna? take two days off uh normally i take those times off man <laughs> but um some when it when i have to work then i will obviously spend some time on in the weekend as well if it's really busy but normally i'll always try and take some time off it's quite important to refuel your creative thoughts isn't it oh yeah 100 and um just not thinking about it like two days off like helps a lot with coming back stronger i guess yes we couldn't agree more i mean every now and then it's really important to take a, a break from your creative work. In fact, uh, we took one last week. We didn't release uh, an episode on synesthesia. Sometimes yeah. need time to think about new guests, new ideas. So, yes, we are on the same page. Gora, yeah. today we are here to talk about your latest collaboration with Nicholas Daly, the Jamaican yeah. Scottish fashion designer whose young and hip brand explores the yeah. diaspora and community and is well known because of its interplay with the underground music scene. However, yeah. before going straight into the episode's main topic, it would be great if you could give our listeners an overview of your career so far to find out how you ended up working as a creative in the music industry. If you don't yeah. mind, I would press the rewind button to go back yeah. to early years and by early I mean really really early. I will say yeah. teenage era. I'm aware you grew up in Nepal. You are from Kathmandu, yeah. the capital, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I grew up there and I moved to London when I was 15. So this was 
like 15 years ago and I started going to college here and that's when I really got into doing art I suppose and then I went to Campbell College of Art to study my bachelor's degree in illustrations from 2011 till 2014 and I've been working professionally since like I left university in 2014 so it's been about six seven years nearly now that I've been able to do what I've always enjoyed and loved doing. You've been around uh, as an artist the same amount of time that the new UK jazz scene has been around uh, in London and elsewhere. So you already mentioned uh, the fact that you moved to London when you were 15 and then you graduated from the Camberwell College of Arts. But I would like to know if it's not an issue for you to talk about it, about the kind of music you were into as a young kid did you belong to any subcultures? What kind of uh, cartoons slash comics uh, were you reading at that time in Nepal? Um, so when I was around that age, I was probably more into the rock, like, you know, like the grunge sort of music. It was very different then, I guess, because I hadn't, still hadn't discovered the music that I, I kind of, I've been drawing so much in my recent years. So it was more like, uh, yeah, like rock. And then I was listening to a bit of like hip hop as well. And then in terms of like visual things, I was watching a lot of cartoons, I guess, like normal cartoons that a young kid would watch when, you know, right around that age. Mostly anime. Yeah, I mean, it was more, I guess, because the cartoon that was on TV in Nepal, the main cartoons were from the channel Cartoon Network. It was all sort of American cartoons, I'd say. Would you say that you were exposed more to Western culture also from a very early age? Yes, 100%. I would say that because in terms of like music and all the visual things I would see it was heavily influenced by the Western culture. And then you moved to London that you were 15 in your coming of age and how yeah. did your approach to culture change when you moved to the West? <laughs> it was very different. I never really knew what it looked like the city here. The only my only recollection of like the UK as a country was watching Mr Bean. You know Mr Bean. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, so unfortunately, it, it was the same for me too. Yeah, so just like, uh, you know, grey country, like, you know, like terrace houses, little cars, I don't know. That was like my best interpretation at the time. But when I moved here, I was, you know, there was a lot more different side to it than just that. When you were going to high school in London, yeah. what kind of uh, stuff did you like? Were you still listening to rock and uh, rap or did your taste uh, slightly change uh, being shaped by London at the time? Yeah, I mean, um, first moving here, obviously I was introduced to more the UK sort of rap, like grime music, I'd say, because just everyone in the school used to play that on their phones or on the bus as well. That was more what I was kind of listening to at that time and also when I was like 16 I started skateboarding and through that I started listening to more like American old like hip-hop from the 90s early 2000 yeah that was like the main thing that I sort of did it was the skateboarding and uh, listening to the like rap and also getting more into art because because of all the 
kind of graphic imagery that I was exposed to through skateboarding. As you can imagine, there's so many things in like the skate culture, like like drawings, pictures, and stuff like that. So yes, let's let's explore this uh, topic uh, a little bit more. Mm. Do you have any memories of uh, zines or magazines uh, or just movies, uh, artists uh, you were fond of uh, when you moved to London uh, and you got into the skateboarding scene? I don't know if you know Mark Gonzalez. Of course. The, yeah, he, he was sort of like quite an influential person because he was a skateboarder and he was also an artist who was, you know, drawing, making art. Uh, Mark Gonzalez is very topical these days because uh, Blondie just launched yeah. his uh, podcast and the cover yeah. of the podcast is designed by Mark Gonzalez. Ah, uh, right. Yeah, I see. you can see like, he's like maybe one of the most sort of influential figure for me around that time anyway, just because I was also getting into drawing and more like art and stuff and that I think looking up to him it was it definitely helped me realize that it's, this is something that I could do in the future. I can see his influence in your work. So you, mm. we talked about your um, youth in Nepal, your teenage years in London and now uh, we need to talk about your passion for jazz and how it grew on you. You already yeah. mentioned that you embraced this culture when you were studying illustration at the Camberwell College of Arts. The only thing I'm taking for granted here is that the label Blue Note is one mm. of your main visual inspirations. Yeah, when I was studying at Camberwell, I was lucky enough to live with two of my friends who were actually studying jazz music at the Conservatoire in Greenwich, which is where like a lot of people sort of came from if you if I must say the names like uh, Joe Armand Jones the pianist Nubaya Garcia and Moses Boyd so my friends who I was living with they were studying with them and so people like Oscar Jerome he was my housemate when I was wow. studying and so when I was living with those guys it was like with Oscar and my friend Theo who used to play with Oscar so they obviously exposed me into the music quite a lot and I got to like learn so much more about it and from there I was kind of listening to the music 24-7 I guess. You found yourself at the core of a new scene when it yeah. was blowing up because yeah, exactly. we are talking about 2013-2014. And... It had been really exciting at the time. I remember that, if I'm not mistaken, your first artworks to go public were posters for jazz nights in South East London. Weren't they? Can you recall the first one that you drew? Yeah, I mean, uh, it was actually for a friend who was studying with my housemates Theo and Oscar and uh, his name's Nick Ura. He was a like a double bass player and he was doing like every Wednesday night gigs at this place in Lewisham called Fox and Perkins. I think Moses used to play drums on that as well. That was like really early, maybe like 2012. Those were the first ones that I ever did but it was kind of relevant for me to do that because I was already incorporating lots of music people into my drawings. People like Coltrane or like Miles Davis or, you know, Charlie Parker. 
we will talk yeah. about uh, your uh, idols. But mm. first, uh, I would like to know whether there was a project you worked in the mm. past that changed your career path overnight. It was always like gradual. There wasn't like an overnight. It was. It never happened where and suddenly it changed for me because every time I would I would work on something it would kind of lead to more things slow it was like a slow build up of how everything like went ahead with me even like doing those artwork for my friend uh, who was doing the con like gigs in Lewisham it was like a build up from there and I met more people and had the more opportunity to like work on more projects so it was It was like a slow build-up and... You reached your peak, let's say, in 2018 when you designed the record sleeve of We Out There. That's yeah, yeah, We Out There. The pioneers of London's jazz scene, published by Giles Peterson's Brownswood Recordings. Yeah, I think um, that piece of work definitely like helped me like expand more because just the album the music on the album was great and the artwork on the uh, vinyl to be more out there with you know like other people and stuff so it was it was definitely it was one of the maybe big moments where it like reached out more than anything else that I've done before I guess yeah I would say that that uh, record is the manifesto of this uh, scene when in a year mm. time we will look back at what was happening in London uh, during this decade in music that album yeah. offers uh, a fair overview of the main artists who built uh, this uh, scene can yeah. you tell us more about the cover why you decided to draw that fox and to create that sharp contrast between the city or Canary Wharf maybe and a very cozy familiar view of South London. This was done in collaboration with the label and they obviously they had like an idea of like a fox because as you know you've been in you lived in london you see fox everywhere in london <laughs> i hear and, uh, that as well that's the problem <laughs> at night yeah i know yeah, yeah it's hor horrible sound <laughs> we still love them though we still love them yeah but i think um it was important to show like you know the buildings or just the atmosphere of the city in a way because even like when I'm here somewhere like in South London and like looking over north that's the kind of view you'd get like loads of like like blocks and then over the river you see like tall buildings like Canary Wharf and stuff like that. It was to represent London basically that was the main aim of the artwork. That cover is the quintessential representation of uh, your unique very distinctive uh, style, a style that permeates uh, all your drawings. In mm. fact uh, I would like to go deeper into talking about your approach to color because uh, your work is characterized by sharp black outlines Mm. usage of shades of purple, blue and orange tones that are very compelling and recognizable. Where do these mm. colors come from? These colors maybe they come from where I grew up which is like uh, in Nepal. Everything is so like colorful and vibrant. It's something that I've taken in from growing up there and I think consciously or subconsciously kind of used it in my drawings because for me it makes sense to have these sort of bright colors and also the fact that all the artists that I look up to from like the impressionist era and stuff like that it's the colors like it's so vibrant and I feel like I need to 
have that in what I do, just to make it uplifting, I guess. Probably I'm not the first one who's drawing this comparison, but I can't mm. help seeing a parallel between your work and the Thovism movement. Oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's another... Matisse, 100%. If you yeah. think about his masterpiece, Dance, which is on yeah. display at MoMA in New York City, the yeah. colors, that blue and that orange, but also the theme, because it's yeah. about dancing, it's about a vibrant uh, scene. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, a lot of the Fauvism artists like Matisse and uh, Maurice de Vlaming, Monet, and there's lots of like kind of impressionist artists that I really like. The way they use the colors and like their line work and everything about whatever they like make. I have to, I've learned so much from how they use the colors that it's kind of fully, I've taken in so much from them that when I do my work, it is like, has, it kind of comes out in that way too, yeah. So you've been trying to recreate a sort of visual representation of uh, Paris in the roaring 20s, but yeah. in London, in a different uh, century, but we are still in the 20s. So I see similarities. Yeah. And also, I love how most of your prints show musicians playing in their element, aka clubs, proper jazz clubs. Places like Cafe Bohemia, Greenwich Village, yeah. City, Club Lotus, Red Rooster. These are the places that I kind of record because, well, it's like an interpretation what it would have been like. I'm sure I would probably like all of them, if I'm honest, because it would have been amazing to be in those clubs at the time when these musicians were playing. Because it, it, like we talk about it with the musicians on We Out Here and how they sort of came from, you know, grew and grew and like made this whole scene. It was sort of similar, I guess, with all these clubs that I, I was recording and I'm still recording at the moment. And how about contemporary clubs in London? I would say it's not really a club, but every Sunday night, there's a gig at a pub called Royal Albert in Deptford High Street. And there's a lot of musicians who kind of came up like in the last five, six years. They've all like played there. <laughs> it's like it's like the kind of birth ground in a way as well. I like that place. And um, I like Prince Williams in uh, Brixton. There's always a gig there, which a few of my friends play there every like, I think it's every every Thursday which is really great. And also Cafe Otto up, you know, like in East. I live very close to Cafe Otto. I know yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, great, it's a great venue. You just mentioned the contemporary jazz artists, mm. but I would like you to talk about the idols, the icons we see in your prints. Artists such as Farrah Sanders, Dorothy Ashby with her harp, Sandra, mm. Archie Shep, Jill Scott Heron, John Coltrane, Miles Davis, of course. What can you tell us about your relationship with them? I think um, it is surely their story as musicians coming up around a time where there's, um, you know, like a big social injustice and they're yet able to produce like the highest form of art in their like path. I think that is the most interesting and amazing things like a human being can do and also still be so relevant and it will be relevant for such a long time with the music they produced is, is I think that is like the most interesting thing 
there is like that I could say for myself like as listening to these artists it's just yeah I, I just like I could just listen to any of these artists like forever and still you know still listen to them over and over again because just the amount of records they put out just the interesting things they did with music at that time is yeah it's amazing you mentioned the social uh, injustice yeah and how music was born as a reaction to it in uh, several uh, of your um, artworks uh, i noticed that the skies are um, covered with the uh, lightning is that a symbol of uh, just music as a way of uh, disrupting society i think uh, with the natural element is probably just because i like 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 every one of us i enjoy the outdoor the nature and stuff but also i would always like incorporating it with print i did with miles davis with the lightning but that's to kind of sh- show like you know the music they were playing had the same sort of energy do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. With, like well like Miles Davis playing in the 70s with the album like Bitches Brew and so on it had like that energy where you felt like you know everything's like coming like really strong at you which is that's like that was the main sort of focus on yeah using those sort of environment i guess yeah what's your favorite uh, print out of all of them if you could pick one i really like the one with Bill Evans just because it's like technically and like the color on it i think it it worked like it's just it came out better than i thought it would i was listening yeah. to bill evans to get into the mood before recording the episode <laughs> nice. I, mostly, i mostly listen to bill evans yeah is is great he's another pianist that i really like yeah how about the politics of your work the importance of uh, representation in the art and the creative field. Do you feel like your work is political? For instance, uh, I love how you feature the Jamaican, the Caribbean sound system in your work. I'm thinking mm. about the um, print you did for Boiling Room for the Not mm. Not Near Carnival. And one of your latest uh, illustrations on the New York Times for Steve McQueen's Small Axe uh, article. Mm. It's important to record things that are happening around you. And unfortunately, one of the things that's happening is the unrest in America or like Europe and the rest of the world, like with discrimination and stuff like that. As an artist, you kind of have that space where you can spread the message in a way where people are able to see that what's going on in the world. Politically, I guess it is, my work can be political. or some people might just see it as like a nice picture but there's always an underlying message behind it it is as political as jazz music in itself yeah i hope so <laughs> i invited you to talk about the collaboration with nicolas deli yeah we discussed extensively about your solo work let's say prints posters record sleeves side projects and so on So now it's time to talk about uh, this uh, partnership that's been lasting mm. at least uh, for three years. Can you give us a brief recap of this uh, collaboration? Yeah, so I met Nicholas Daly when 
I was at a gig. It was a gig called Church of Sound. It was in a church. The the musicians would be playing in the middle, and everyone would be sat around it. Yeah, that's when I met Nick. We started talking about working on like graphics and like his identity and stuff together. Since then, we've sort of worked on multiple projects now, and yeah. It's still going strong now. Yeah. Projects such as Astro Black, the jazz-inspired collection, Astro yeah. Truth. It feels like uh, he gives you the opportunity to experiment more because, for instance, uh, the only part of your portfolio in which I found the typography work is mm. uh, the one with Nicolas Deli and also mm. animated videos. Yeah, definitely. This uh, working with him like provided me with opportunities to obviously work on some typography work and also branch out into animation. Yeah, it, it, he is an artist in himself and he understands we've got a similar level of understanding when it comes to making a piece of work for something to like flourish. So in that respect, we need to talk about Return to Sligo, the mm. multidisciplinary and multisensory exhibition, which will yeah. be displayed hopefully this spring at the now gallery in Greenwich, South London. Yeah. The exhibition will feature your illustrative vinyls. Can we get to know more about them? It kind of works as it gets printed onto like this material like vinyl material the piece that i've done for the exhibition is very large because it has to wrap around the front of the gallery it's a really interesting uh, looking building like fully full glass front so the only way that you can really show like a visual like you know like punchy color artwork on those sort of surface is by using like vinyl printout. Are they abstract patterns, uh, natural landscapes uh, or portraits of musicians? And so these, these are all portraits of the musicians um, that has played or performed on various runway shows for Nick. It's like a row of all the musicians that have been involved yeah. That's the artwork. To wrap up on Nicholas Daly, what's the main feature you two guys have in common and brings you together? It's probably the music. <laughs> It's funny, but yeah, the, the music side of it. We've got a very similar sort of understanding, I suppose. How about yeah. your sensitivity to themes such as uh, diaspora and migration? Oh yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm an immigrant as well into this country, so we all sort of, I guess, have a very similar understanding of like who we are and like where we came from and like like looking into our heritage and stuff for sure Gorab, we gave our listeners a pretty deep overview of your work and your projects from, let's say, 2014 on. But we also mm. talked about your upbringing, your main cultural influences and inspiration when you were a kid in Nepal and a teenager mm. in London and a young adult at the Camberwell College of Art. Now it's time to introduce our columns that mm. are like separate from our main topic of conversation, but still allow us to get to know more about you and your taste in music and art. The yeah. third column is Word on the Street. Word on the Street. I would like you to tell us if there is any specific musician you would like to collaborate with in the future. I'm always open to working with any artists that are, you know, interested in working with me. So I don't think I have someone specific. So let's say a contemporary scene you would mm. be interested in exploring. I haven't really thought about that. 
so much at the moment because I guess like with the lockdown and stuff, I haven't been able to go out and stuff. Well, it's like no one, nothing's happening at the moment, is it? Like with the music and stuff. So it, it's a little bit harder to look ahead at the moment. It's, but it's tough, isn't it? Yeah, it's very tough. I mean, especially feel for the, all the musicians as well. So word on the street, uh, this was uh, a bit tough because uh, nowadays the streets are pretty empty, let's say, uh, <laughs> yeah. we just discussed. Uh, the second column goes back to the past, so this is going to be easier. It's a private collection. Private collection. Private collection, yeah. you need to tell us about either a record sleeve or a music video that left a mark on you. Kenny Dorham album, where he plays um, the Afro-Cuban music. I think the album actually is actually called Afro-Cuban by Kenny Dorham. Why is it so that, influential for you? I think, especially, this is like relevant right now, I suppose, in the last year or so. It's such an up uplifting kind of album with so much uh, energy into it. And um, I love the sound of Kenny Dorham, like the trumpet player. It's, it's, I think he's amazing. And, and also the fact that there's so many percussions on it, you know, it makes you want to move around, like listening to it. And I think, yeah, that's maybe that's why I, I'm really into the album. And also, I feel like the artwork on it is really strong as well with the photo. Why is it so strong? There's something about it. It like stands out. I don't know if it's the colors and like the, the really thick, strong lines on it as well. And like the really interesting like composition with the photo at the top of him, Kenny Dorham on the trumpet. And then obviously like the drawing at the bottom, taking most of the space, I think. Yeah, there's something like primitive. Yeah, that's primitive. It. Yes. You mentioned the percussions in this album. Are you more of a percussions guy or a saxophone and trumpet? Um, um, all of it. I love all of it. I don't have like a specific favorite thing on it. It's because everything comes together and that's what makes it so beautiful, the music. But drawing wise, what are the best in instruments to draw? I love drawing saxophone, I guess. Saxophones are really nice, nice shape and like there's so many little details on it. I love like capturing all the details. I think saxophone maybe is my favorite instrument to draw. Yes, in fact, in the Tarua Sanders uh, printer, which is one of mm. the greatest ones, uh, he's meditating yeah. and transcending his body, becoming one yeah. with saxophone. That's, yeah, exactly. That's sick. Gorab, the last two minutes, the last column, very, very last section of the episode. This is flavors. We want to know your taste in uh, Instagram pages and the local spots slash venues. So you need to mm. recommend us an Instagram page you love and a local spot in Southeast London you couldn't live without. History in pictures, the page. Yeah, I love it too. Yeah, I think um, just like there's a lot of things in it. Like just, it doesn't just cover one thing. It, there's a lot of different, like covers different aspects of people's lives and old uh, historical things that have happened, I suppose. Yeah, that's, that's I would say that's history do for, you, uh, yeah. Do you find Sorry? it inspiring for your work? Yeah, I would say so. I've probably seen a few things here before that I've maybe have recorded. How about the local spot? I would recommend uh, someone called, it's actually an event uh, called, well, the people who organized the gigs in South London, a couple of South London bars called uh, Good Evening Arts. Uh, you'll find them online. And um, the guy who's been doing it, he's been doing it for like a long time now. And 
he's kind of responsible, also responsible for bringing all these musicians together, and like, uh, like he sort of has a big hand in like elevating this scene that we were talking about earlier with like the South London jazz scene, and yeah, I would recommend that like as a night or a spot he puts on. Yeah. Have you worked with them yet? Uh, not yet. No, I haven't worked with them yet. But um, I don't. I think whatever he's doing is like I don't think he needs me. <laughs> he's doing his thing by himself, and he's doing it right. He's doing it right. But see, we we yeah. might have had an answer to the column "Word on the Street." We mm. came up with a name, a scene. You are really you are really interested in. Uh, <laughs> for all the listeners, uh, don't worry about writing Gorab's uh, tips down because we will be sharing them on our Instagram page in a underscore podcast please uh, follow us Gorab it was uh, my privilege to have you here I've been following your work since uh, 2014 2015 when I moved to London and mm. in 2021 and I can finally meet you in person and have yeah. a long chat with you to talk about your work which I admire so thank you thank you thanks a lot thank, thanks very much for having me Enrico it's been a pleasure and I hope to see you in person at the Jazz Geek in London, hopefully next spring, or at the exhibition with Nicolas Dali, uh, Return to Sligo. Yeah, for sure. Thank you once again. Bye, Gorab. Cheers. Thank you very much. Have a good evening. You just listened to Synesthesia, the artist behind the artist. Subscribe to our channel and follow us on Instagram at synesthesia underscore podcast.